Hello and welcome to this episode of Radio Free HPC. This is where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and other technology topics. I'm Dan Olds, joined as always by my co-host Henry Newman from Seagate Government Solutions and Shaheen Khan from Orion X. Now let's get to the show. Hello, it's time for another edition of Radio Free HPC. Hopefully it will scintillate and entertain you, and maybe you'll even learn something along the way. Who knows? I'm Dan Olds, joined as always by Henry Newman, Shaheen Khan, and Jesse Lanham. How y'all doing? <laughs> trademark silence. It's the trademark silence of no one knowing who's going to speak first. Do I need to assign you numbers and let you know? I am. I'm in a... Dan, I'm in misery. I've got 96 days left in Minnesota, and it's snowing again. I feel like we could just automatically sum up Henry. How you all doing, Henry? Snow. It sucks. A snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Dano? How's 2020 treating you? Oh, it's treating me like a piece of road so far. Awesome. Like a grimy dirt road that it goes up and down on. Yeah. So uh, good news is you're getting traction. Uh, they're getting trapped. That was a great spin. It was very nice. It was very nice. Very adroit. Actually, real news is it's just like 2019. So there you go. There you go. How's your new year going? Brilliant. Excellent. How you doing, Jesse? How the class is going? They're going good. New semester. We finished a 50 mile race over the weekend. So we are recovering from that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's running. Not a long drive. Running? Yeah, not, not, yeah running. Okay. Oh, not driving. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. So... New year, new shoes. Okay. Oh, nice. That's a lot. That's nice, a lot. Very nice. That's like almost a marathon in, a, in three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a distance. The addition of anything athletic to this crowd is really a net new thing. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, I don't even know how to deal with that. We do food. We do cooking. Yeah. And this whole Athletics. running stuff when you could drive is like new. Yeah. I would mostly drive 50 miles. Which is why you thought <laughs> it was driving, Dan. If that. If that. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. No response. <laughs> I responded. <laughs> That's true. Henry knew what I was talking about. Very nice, Henry. Well done. And, you know, speaking of distances, our pals over at the European Center for Medium Range Weather Forecasts, the ECMWF, have just commissioned a sparkly new supercomputer from Atos, Atos, that is going to take their forecast resolution down from 18 kilometers to 10 kilometers. Excellent. That's nearly 2x. That's a big, big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. This represents a 5x increase in computing power. That's a big deal, Dan. And that's nothing to sneeze at. Well, the big, the actual big deal, in my opinion, yes. is that we have a new vendor at ECMWF. That's right. I mean, ECMWF started off, if my memory is correct, and I think it is, as a control data shop, then Cray. They had, an, I think, a 7600 for a while. Then they got a Cray 1. And then they stayed with Cray through, the, I think, the C90, moved over to Fujitsu, yep. then moved to IBM, mm -hmm. then back to Cray. And now they're having a European vendor, which I find interesting. And I also believe that ECMWF, because of BritX that is moving out of the UK, and I think they're moving to Denmark also. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Hmm. They're moving their headquarters or they're just adding another location? I think they're moving their headquarters. Wow, that's big. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, their last contract with Cray was in 2016, and that represented a doubling of compute power. Now we're going up 5x with the deal with Atos. And 
And that's an AMD machine. Did they say what else is in there? It is. Well, first of all, let me break some statistics down. AMD Epic 7742, which is the top of the line, 64 core, 2.25 gigahertz processor. They're going to have the HDR InfiniBand from Mellanox, top of the line, and a whole bunch of storage from DDN. And it should come up in 2021. And I believe this is their first AMD machine. And I think that this is Boy, I think this is the first 7742, first 64 core based AMD machine, but I could be wrong on that. And how much? What's the dollar value? Is it 89 million or something yes, like that? Yes, 89 million. Over how many years? Four. Yeah. Four. Okay. I always find interesting these budgets over so many years. It's like saying I'm going to spend a million dollars on ice cream over the next 100 years. <laughs> so what's wrong with that? I can that? probably manage that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, it, what, what, what's wrong with that is that it shows really not a whole lot of commitment to ice cream. You're <laughs> spreading it out. <laughs> but this is pretty good. $90 million, more or less, over four years. That's a pretty good price performance. Well, but, you know, predicting the weather with North Sea oil rigs and all that stuff, it's expensive and it's you know, their lives are at stake when you're moving people on and off rigs. Not to mention farming. And farming, etc. So there's a lot of value yeah. to knowing the weather in advance. And, and ECMWF has historically been the best the world's got in terms of weather prediction. They always show on AccuWeather or weather.com the European model versus the U.S. model at NOAA. Right. ECMWF has been at it with a lot of the same people because I knew a few generations of them. It, they're always an impressive, impressive organization. Yep. Very much. They, they really yeah, are one of the best. Extremely yes, collaborative yeah. because everybody's under one roof from the, the systems engineering people mm. to the, the system maintenance people to the modelers to the data assimilation people. They all have tea at the same time and they interact. And I think that's one of their, their big success stories there. Right. So another interesting thing about this is that weather codes have a reputation of being vector oriented. And I know it's been changing over the years and such, but... It was interesting to me that they went for a traditional cluster rather than some of the newer but they, vector. They had a cl- or are they using the vector right. extensions? And they have, they've had yeah. clusters for years since the IBM went in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, the VPP 500, the Fujitsu machine, was vectors on the node and interconnect clusters, which similar to any kind of InfiniBand hippie and that kind of interconnect in those days in, in the late uh, 90s. So if you remember that machine. That had a lot more of a parallel vector, traditional Cray, CDC vector style. It, it, it did. But, you know, vectors outside of the commodity hardware that we have today, I think people have decomposed their problems mm, just mm. given the specialized nature that vector computers just didn't yeah. make. Or it. maybe the vector extensions that you get with x86 is plenty good to carry. Enough, them. I would imagine. Yep. This represents a big win for Atos, a big win for AMD as well. One thing I don't see in here is anything about accelerators. Henry doesn't think that you really need it with weather code. And I'm agreeing with him on that because I haven't seen a huge speed up on Wharf with accelerators, although there is a version for it. By the way, this is the first agreement of the year. It's a special day that Dan and I agree on something. It is. Yep. Not the first time and probably not the last, but uh, it's not something that comes around every once in a while. First time this year. It's the first of 2020. First of 2020 uh, is my could be. memorable. Yes. Do we need like special music to <laughs> come in every time you guys agree? Big gong? Yeah, but we barely ever use it. So why? Why go to the trouble? <laughs> That's true. No investment there yet. You know, one thing that we can count on is Henry Newman having a reason. 
why nobody should ever be online ever. And by the way, I've got a new mnemonic for that. W-N-O-S-B-O-T-I-E. And if anybody can pronounce that, I'd like to hear what the pronunciation is. It sounded like a monster with a W instead of <laughs> No spotty with a monster? N- noster, no spotty with an N. But anyway. That sells well. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Marketing genius yeah, right there. We'll get somebody on it. So <laughs> I'm sure everybody's heard about the the Microsoft 250 million record customer exposure. Everybody's freaking out about it. I'm going to take a different tack this week. And even though I usually give bad news, this is overreaction news and it's clickbait, in my opinion, using Shaheen's term clickbait. I had never heard it till you mentioned it, by the way, Shaheen. And it's definitely not mine. Yeah, I know it's not yours, but I had never heard it. So I'm okay, you know. And I guess if you read the history of what was found, when it was found, how fast it was fixed, and that the Microsoft said, Publicly, there is no known hacking of the database. No one has gotten into the best of our knowledge. It was a mistake. You know, this going around and spreading fear and doubt, they're bigger fish to fry than this one, in my opinion. There are worse exploits. Oh, yeah. That will cause much more harm. That have caused much more harm. Have, yeah. yes. Where people have. But, Henry, don't you think that applies to a bunch of these? No, not like this one. Not like this one. Okay. No, this one, it was only like four or five days between when security researchers talked about it or told Microsoft about it and what was fixed. Hmm, That's not bad. No, that's very good. Yeah. Impressive. So I would say this one is clickbait. But you're not quite saying carry on being online. No, I'm saying... Still stay offline, right? Still stay offline. (laughs) (laughs) If you're offline, you don't have to worry about if it's clickbait or not. You wouldn't even know. Yeah, (laughs) good point. Very good point. You know, and that brings us to our other feature... the catch of the week. Jesse, you got one? Yes, sir, I do. I have Domino's is using NVIDIA GPUs for AI-powered pizza delivery. For routing and stuff? It appears so, yeah. They're teaming up with Ford, I guess, for self-delivery vehicles and then drone deliveries as well. Wow. So, yeah, I did not know that Domino's had a data science team, but apparently they do, and they are working real hard on this. That's I am disappointed they're not using quantum computing to optimize their apps. Just in time for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they've got eight V100 Tensor Core GPUs, it appears. V100s. That they're using. Yeah, that they're using to classify pizza images. Wow. That's impressive. So I would consider that an excellent application and possible thing to uh, port over to the student cluster competition. Yes, it is. Get a Domino sponsorship in and there. And to give them a little bit more love, they are one of my go-to meals on the road. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, their quality has come way up. Yet another way supercomputing changes your life every day. Yes, it does. Yeah, I, I never thought I would be reading Domino's Pizza and NVIDIA GPUs in the same sentence. But, you know, hey, it's 2020. I, you know, I'm still a little iffy on drone delivery, but uh, I'll cover that in my own catch. Henry, what do you got? I have nothing. Henry, your net has been empty too long. I, I've been busy actually doing my real job, Dan. Some, you know, it takes time. And the other thing I've been very busy with is shoveling snow. Do you want me to talk about that a little bit? No, we're good. <laughs> the more. We could have another <laughs> we're segment. Good. Throw some video up there of you doing that <laughs> okay, sometime. we'll do. Shaheen. 
Well, I'll make up for Henry. I'll have two. Oh. I'll make up for me too, because Ooh. last time I did a release. So the first one is uh, Pirelli, the tire company. Some of you might remember their old advertising campaign. I always liked their tagline there that said, power is nothing without control. Mm. They are doing a 5G-enabled cyber tire. Really? And said cyber tire, oh, what now? it's a tire that is sensor-enabled <laughs> and can communicate. And in this particular case, it actually might make sense to use 5G because what it tries to do is to sense dangerous conditions on the road and relay it to other cars. Huh? And of course, you want to do that pretty quickly. So the cyber tire does that. Now, speaking of weather forecasting, the closer you get to the ground, the more difficult it is to actually get data because you don't have really sensors on the ground. So tires are a great way of figuring that out. So things like hydrofoaming or black ice or other road conditions that are dangerous, if one tire senses it, it can communicate it to the other tires within a particular earshot. Within the mesh? That's well, cool. And in, in Shaheen? And actually, I do have a catch of the week, and it goes along with it. Did you see the one that I put in about smart contact lenses that do night vision, augmented reality? So you won't need the tires to do that. You'll just be able to see it with these new contact lenses, <laughs> like the T2000. So you should look at this, this slash gear contact lens. The tires will be obsolete because it'll all be connected to your brain. Yes. <laughs> it'll be like the T2000. Of course, the flip side is that somebody's hacking into your eyeglasses. Another Riley. reason to never be online ever. <laughs> or somebody hacking into my tires and saying, you know, 20 pounds <laughs> pressure is pretty good. Let's do that instead of the typical 35 or 40. No, no well, actually, yeah. they'll just do it in line and all kinds of stuff in your augmented reality in front of you. There'll be black ice everywhere. It's a good point. Yeah. It's a good, good point. point. Now, my car tells me the temperature and the tire pressure. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy with that. See, there are sensors there already. Yeah, I don't need to have my tires talking to me all the time, and I certainly don't want them sharing my secrets with other tires. <laughs> Words of affirmation from your tires. You can always use a blockchain to control what goes to other tires. Yeah, I like my tires telling me, yeah, we're doing okay, we're rolling. <laughs> Still rolling. <laughs> okay, now we're stopped. Yeah, I just don't see the point of it. Now, how much are these tires going to cost? I don't believe they had pricing information there right now. I'm going to bet there's a subscription to them. Do they come in like all weather or are they only for extreme weather? That could be interesting. Yeah, those are all very good questions. And also, do you need a data plan for your tires? <laughs> that was my next question. Or does the yeah. car get a data plan and you all plug into that? Yeah. But then how much latency does that and add? How, you know? how, how expensive is your car? How do the tires talk to the car? What's the API? Well, there's a whole networking within the car, like multi-zone networking. But, but what is the API? What's the security model? Don't know. I, these are all exactly What's, the questions to ask. Yeah. <laughs> we got to have Pirelli as a guest on the show and get some demos. I'd love to. Yeah. Okay. So the second one, I'm sure among our audience, we have a whole bunch of radio heads who are into transmitters and wireless and all that. So this one is about WLW, Wireless LW. If I'm not mistaken, it's in Dayton, Ohio. And the guy who ran it liked factors of 10 in terms of power. So the story is that he went from like a 50-watt station to a 500-watt to a 5,000-watt. And by 1932, he got to 50,000 watts. How did he get a license for that? 
The 50,000, I think he could do. But the story here is about the next step where he wants to go to 500,000 watts. And in fact, there's a video that we should put up. It's a great 31 minutes and 43 seconds of historical marvel. So he's got the 500k watt thing. I think he had special permission from Congress to run it like between certain hours at night. It is something to behold. It's like the big antenna. They actually had to have suppressors around it so that it wouldn't interfere with other things in particular directions. It is just fabulous. Nice. So you got to go see that. Very nice. Very nice. For myself, the drone thing sort of edged out my other catch because I got a drone for Christmas. Very nice one. It'll fly up to, boy, I think 60 kilometers per hour. Wow. We'll go very high. It's got a 4K camera on it. But just a little advice out there, not toys, not inexpensive. And be careful of how you crash because I just ripped the entire camera off of it in an unfortunate crash where I learned the lesson as an aviator, altitude is your friend. (laughs) (laughs) We're learning the basics. Next lesson, don't stick your hand in the rotor. Yes. Yes. I have a story about that from a gas-powered engine in 1968. Ooh. If anybody wants to hear it sometimes. I did my wrist on one of those accidentally, too. What were you using? We don't, we don't have time for it this week. Okay. Yeah. On the next slow show, <laughs> we'll get Henry's and my stories about injuring ourselves, probably with a little Cox engine. Yes. You are correct, sir. I know. Yeah. <laughs> very, very hard to get started. But once they do, you got to be careful where you put your wrist. Or finger. <laughs> or yeah. finger, because they've got a lot of power. Yes, they do. On that note, let's go ahead and call this an episode of Radio Free HPC. Thank you all out there for listening. Drop us a line with your own stories of hurting yourself with things that you think are toys. <laughs> That's at podcast at radiofreehpc.com, or you could tweet them to us at Radio Free HPC. Thank you very much for listening and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And boom. Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. And as a quick note, The views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thank you for listening.